turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome our be back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing an awesome message with you that's entitled, Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Something God wants every born-again believer to do, including me and you. All of us who are children of God have the awesome opportunity to have a close, intimate relationship with God Almighty. But unfortunately, not many of us have and enjoy a close, intimate relationship with Him like God wants it to be between Him and you and me. The good news is that there are things that can be done by each of us to increase the intimacy between God and us. There are pathways that the Bible tells each of us that we can be able to follow that'll help us to be able to get to the place where the close, intimate relationship with God that He desires us to have with Him is had by Him and us. Well, let's learn about some of those pathways that'll help us to get there. That is, to the more intimate relationship with God that He wants to have with us. So, without further ado, Let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Second Chronicles, I'm about to bring it, baby. Second Chronicles chapter 20, let's read. It says, and it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab, everybody say that's one. And the children of Ammon, that say that's two. And with them other beside the Ammonites came also Jehoshaphat to battle. So we know two definitively and some others came with them to come against Jehoshaphat to battle. When it says two, we're talking about two armies. Talking about two groups of people came against uh, this one group of people. Praise God. And by the way, they were a small group of people. They were not a large group of people. They were, I'm talking about Jehoshaphat in, the, in, 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 in Judah. They were but a small group of people. In fact, they were only two-tenths of the children of Israel because there were 12 tribes of Israel, but only two of them were there at this particular time. Excuse me, one of them. Yeah, two of them. Two of them composed that, that, that part of it and stuff like that. The other ones was 10. But yet, although it may look like you're small and like, 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 like you really ain't that many, if you got God in your life, you got everything that you need. It says, then, came, then, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea. There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, uh, Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazan. No, Hazazan Tamar. <laughs> which is in Gebi, in Gedi. Praise him. And... <laughs> There was a whole bunch of folk that was about to roll down on them. Praise God. 
<laughs> who wasn't from neighborhoods from where we come from. Praise God. That's why we have trouble saying it. Praise God. Amen. And Jehoshaphat feared. Look what Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat feared. See, when stuff come up in the middle of your life and stuff like that, I know, you know, you, you, you faithful, praise God. Y'all be thinking like, you know, I ain't never afraid. You lying and you know it. Praise God. Because you, you can be with God and fear can snatch you. Especially if the trouble big enough that's coming at you. If you recognize it big enough, you'll get to concerning yourself and be worried about some things or two for a minute or two. The Bible says Joseph had fear. That word fear right there means was a fright, a frightened. He was a frightened, which means he was scared in the mud. Praise God. And rightfully so. He's the leader of this, of this band of, of, of crew. And, 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 and now all these people about to roll down on him, and they ain't coming just to be able to eat no tea and crumpets and have no breakfast tacos and stuff like that either. They come to be able to kill all the men, take all the women, plunder all their goods, and be able to do everything that's, that, 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 that is against everything that's good. But Jehoshaphat feared. But it says also, not only did he fear, and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. He not only feared, because fear can come on you, but the question is, is what do you do when it comes on you? It's like bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when it comes for you? Because see, everybody can talk stuff while ain't nothing going on. But do you remember to do when the situation hits, when the mess hits the fan? What are you gonna do then? Jehoshaphat feared, but he also set himself to seek the Lord. He also set himself to seek the Lord. If I could put it this way, he lived up to his name. He lived up to his name, just like we're Christians. And we need to learn to live up to our name. Praise God that we have a name that should remind us who we are. Just like he had a name that remind him who he is. And that name is Jehoshaphat, which means Jehovah judged. Jehovah judged. See, although Jehoshaphat was king, His very name reminded him the same thing that we ought to be reminded of. And that's that we're always to let Jehovah judge. We're always to let God judge this situation. That we don't pass verdict on the situation until we go talk to God. That we don't pass verdict on what's happening to us until we talk to God. And if something real jacked up is happening to us, we don't respond to the situation. We wait and respond to God. Because the Bible says of us, Christians, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, that they that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. We're not led by the circumstances and situations that we face. We don't move by that. Yeah, that might be jacked up, and that might be some really serious stuff coming down on you. But at the same time, that don't change that I am who I am, and I'm going to be who I am, because I'm going to do what God told me to do. It's Jehovah that judges. And so since that's Jehovah that judges, he said, I'm going to set myself to be able to seek God. I'm going to set myself to seek God. That phrase, set myself, let's work on the word set. That word set right there means to give, which means he gave himself to be able to go uh, seek God. He gave himself. Now, this word is used with great latitude, but it includes these words. He made himself to seek God. He made himself, because made is one of the words that it means. Made. See, even in the midst of certain impending danger, sometimes we still need to be made to do what we ought to do. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes we have to be made to do what we ought to do. Come on now. Even when we know we should be doing something, we don't necessarily do it. But being king, a person who rules, he made himself do what he's supposed to do. 
Because see, before you, see, in order to become a person that rules, you got to learn how to rule yourself. And sometimes we need to just make ourselves do something. No, you ain't going to feel like getting out of bed. No, you ain't going to feel like praying all night. No, you ain't going to feel like praying in the afternoon. You, you want to go to lunch, praise God. You got other stuff on your mind and be able to do what it is at that time. You might wake up, but you start watching TV and cleaning up. All of a sudden, now you get a cleaning bug and you want to clean up that thing and iron that thing and fold everything. And come on now, you wasn't folding nothing. But now it's time to go pray. All of a sudden, you got an inspiration to fold everything. You folding the kids' clothes. Praise God. You go in the closet. Let me see if there's something up in there. Let me fold that right and hang it up right. And all of a sudden, you want to put all your clothes in order and stuff like that during the time of prayer. You ever notice how that works? Am I the only one? Praise God. Sometimes you got to make yourself do what you're supposed to do. And just tell yourself, self, stop doing everything that you're trying to do and do what you're supposed to do. He made himself. He applied himself. That word applied means to devote oneself to. Because sometimes you have to apply yourself to praying. You got to devote yourself to doing it. It's like that Vaseline, praise God, that's in the midst of the, in, in, in the midst of container. That ain't doing you no good till you put it out and apply it, praise God. You got to put it on you. Does that make sense? You got you to do it. You got to make it happen. Anybody feeling me up in here? You're going to be ashy in the mug with a mug with four different jars of Vaseline sitting right there. But you still are ashy. Because you ain't applied what's necessary. And if you don't get in prayer like you're supposed to, you're going to be flaky too. And falling all apart in the middle of your situation and you ain't going to know what to do. Sometimes we got to devote ourselves to prayer. Whereas we just devote ourselves to doing it. Which also means that we assigned ourselves to do it. We got to assign ourselves to do it. We don't have no problem telling everybody else what to do and expecting them to do what we tell them. Come on now. Any parents in the house say, hey. Don't you tell your children what to do? Don't you tell them? I don't care what age they are. They'll be 30. You'll be telling them what to do. Praise God. And expect them to do it. Well, God told you what to do. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. He expecting you to do it too. He assigned you a task just like you assigned them a task. Now it's time to get at it. Because the word assign means to appoint as to a post or a duty. To assign, appoint as to a post or a duty. The same God that assigned us his name in the, in the Hebrew, one of his names is Yahweh or Jehovah, depends on if it's Greek or Hebrew. Uh, 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 he's, a, he's a Lord of hosts, Sabaoth, praise God. He is a Lord of hosts, praise God, which means he's a, a, the Lord of the military campaign, praise God. And you are part of God's army, which means that he signs you a duty and you're supposed to be on duty. He assigns you a post, you're supposed to be on your post. And our post is prayer, praise God. And if God said pray, then that's what we ought to do. Why is that? Because the safety of the camp is at stake with what we do. He assigned it. He made himself do it. He applied himself to do it. He assigned himself to do it. He committed himself to do it. That's what it said when he said. He committed himself to do it. That word committed means to pledge oneself to a position or on a question of life or a question or issue of life. Which means that when we got a situation going on in our life, we have to commit ourselves to do what we're supposed to do. Because if you don't commit it, you won't get it. Withdrew. He withdrew himself too. I like that one too. He withdrew himself. Because sometimes we're in the midst of a lot of people, in the midst of a lot of things that we do, and we keep doing what we need to do. When you're in the middle of a situation, you got to change what you do. And you got to back up. Amen. He withdrew himself. That word withdrew means to draw back, to draw away or aside. Sometimes you just got to pull yourself aside. Praise God. 
So what everybody in the house ain't doing what you do? You pull yourself aside. Go do what you do. Hey, man, you got more than one room. Praise God. They in one room, you go in another. Praise God. Why well, only got one room? Go in the closet. Praise God. Go in the bathroom. They won't mess with you up in there. One, one way to make sure they don't come open the door is just, if you got one of them fans in there, as soon as you sit down, sit down, you don't have to do nothing. Just sit down and turn the fan on. As soon as you turn the fan on, they hear the fan going. They're like, oh, Lord, I ain't going up in there. Praise God. Because <laughs> they couldn't even handle it. Praise God. <laughs> that'll, that, that, that'll ensure you some, some privacy. Praise God. It means to remove oneself from an activity. To remove, sometimes you got to put some other stuff down to get done what needs to get done at the time it needs to get done. I'm sure the king had many things he needed to do. But at the time when he got to report about what was coming his way, he stopped some of the other stuff he was doing and said, no, I got to do this right here. See, King Jehoshaphat knew the correct posture to take when faced with fearful consequences of an impending danger. He knew exactly what posture to take. And the correct posture is the posture of prayer. The correct posture is the posture of prayer, prayer, not running around all scared and don't know what to do and then start doing things that you ought not do because you're no longer humble under the mighty hand of God. But you let cares fill you and start doing something other than what you're supposed to do. No, we our posture is prayer. Remember, prayer is connection to the power source. Prayer is connection to the power source. So he did the right thing. This was not a weak thing he did. This was a smart thing he did. And he went and connected himself immediately to the power source. And that's what the Lord is inviting us to do, to be able to draw closer to him so that we can get connected to the power source because God knows what you don't know. God knows what you don't know. Because see, a lot of us, see, Joseph had had the privilege of somebody coming telling him what was coming up so he could be able to do what's necessary to be able to win in what's coming up. Well, some of us don't know what's coming up. But God said, I know what's coming up. Come into prayer. That's all I want you to do. Just come into prayer. Don't worry about anything else. Just come into prayer. And then in prayer, God will then be able to give you what's necessary, supply you with what's necessary to be able to make sure that everything is there that's necessary for you to be able to win and win and win again, no matter what comes against you. So whether it's coming today, whether it's coming tomorrow, whether it's coming weeks from now, whether it's coming months from now, you'll have what it takes to be able to come out on the other side of that thing just fine. That's why he's inviting us to prayer at this time. The Bible says that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. One translation says causes dynamic and power, mighty power to be able to be availed to each and every one of us. Praise God. Well, we're righteous men and women. Oh, yes, we are. And God is inviting us into the activity that availeth much, which is prayer. He's inviting us to be able to come into prayer. But once again, this is something that we have to decide to do no matter what's happening to me and you. Prayer is where the means of success will be conveyed. Prayer is where the means of success will be conveyed. God will convey the means of success to you. He'll give you what's necessary to be successful at whatever you do. So if success is what prayer will convey, then why would we not pull apart to pray? If success is what prayer will convey, why will we not pull apart to pray? That is unless some of us just like losing. Praise God. I'm not into losing. I don't like losing nothing. Praise God. We play checkers. I'm playing to win. Praise God. (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't matter what I'm playing to win. I only know one thing and that's to win. Praise God. I don't like losing at nothing. Praise God. Well, 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 you think you don't like it. God don't like it either because that's where you get it from. God don't like losing. Jehoshaphat is a man of God and he didn't want to lose either. So of course, praise God, he did what was necessary and that is that he set himself to seek God. He set himself, which means he gave himself to, he applied himself, he committed himself, he fastened himself 
to prayer. He grabbed hold to prayer and would not let go until he found out what it is the father wanted him to know. He grabbed hold to prayer and would not let go until the father told him what it is and he wanted to know because he said himself to prayer. I like that word himself in the literal Hebrew. In the literal Hebrew, that word himself means his face. He said his face to seek God. I like that. See, why is that? Because the direction that your face is pointed actually shows what you've, at, what you've actually set yourself to. The direction that your face is pointed actually shows what you set yourself to. See, the direction of your face in the midst of a difficult times or situation will either be turned to the problem or the problem solver. The direction of your face will determine whether or not you'll experience grace or disgrace. The direction of your face. And see, a lot of you say, well, I'm not in a situation right now. Now's the time to practice. Because you play like you practice. Because you play like you practice. Practice don't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Which means as you keep practicing perfectly, then you will perform perfectly in the middle of the situation when it comes up. Does that make sense to anybody up in here? Well, if you continuously don't practice and your practice keeps equaling nothing, then that's what you're going to be when the situation hits you is nothing. You ain't going to know what to do. You ain't going to know how to handle yourself. And, 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 and the probability is extremely high. Praise God that you are going to mess up and not do the right thing. And God's going to be able to come through. But if you practice setting your face toward him right now, practice setting your face toward him right now, when the situation hit, it won't turn your gaze away and cause you to look on the problem, but you'll keep looking at the problem solver and you'll stay focused on what you're supposed to. And he said, if your eyes are stayed on me, I'll keep you in perfect peace. It's one of the reasons why most of us ain't in perfect peace because our gaze ain't stuck on him. We're supposed to get stuck on him. Come on up in here. We always get focused on him. A lot of us don't get focused on him. We get focused on the situation. And whatever you set your face toward is going to determine what's going to happen towards you. Keep looking at your situation and see what's going to happen to you. It won't be grace. It's going to be disgrace because you're not focused on what you're supposed to. Well, this king knew what to do. He set himself toward looking uh, at, the, at, at God and he began to seek God. He began to seek God. I like that word seek. That word seek right there means to tread or frequent, to tread or frequent, usually as to follow, usually as to follow, like, like to pursue or to search. I mean, he began to look for God. He began to start searching for God. He began to go after God. Praise God. I'm beginning to start looking for him. Like I got to, got to, got to find him. Got to, got to, got to hear what he got to say. Got to, got to, got to do it today. I can't wait. I got to do it now. I got to, got to, got to do what God said do. Come on up in here with me, y'all. Praise God. We just got to do this. This ain't something we just, yeah, well, praise God. I'll get around to it. No, he ain't get around to it. He got to it. Are you listening to me? Woo, this is good to me. By implication, it means to seek or ask. He began to start seeking God and begin to asking God. It also translates to diligently inquire or to require. To diligently requ- inquire or to require. Now, now, work with me now. You can't require nothing of God because God's God. But you can ask and seek with such intensity that it's as though you require this of him. Does this make sense? God knows the difference. Praise God. God knows the difference. Praise God. God knows if you're just trying to boss him around like he, you know, cabin boy because ain't nobody cabin boy. Are you listening to me? But at the same time, you can have the kind of urgency about yourself. That lets him know, oh, no, they serious about this. And that's what he wants is people that's serious about this. Does that make sense to anybody up in here? This gets good. Who did he seek? 
the Lord. The Bible says the Lord. But this is Lord in caps, capital letters, L-O-R-D, which is talking about Jehovah, if you speak in Greek. Yahweh, if you speak in Hebrew. He's talking about Jehovah, if you speak in Greek. Yahweh, if you speak in Hebrew. This is the name of the self-existing, self-revealing God. This is the name of the self-existing, which means he exists apart from any situation or circumstance, which is good news, which means when he comes to handle this situation, he's not caught up in the middle of it like you are. He's apart from it. And so since he's self-existing, there's nothing that exists that can change his existence, which means that this can't affect him. And you're seeking the one that it can't affect. But he's not just a self-existing, he's the self-revealing God, which means he'll show himself to you. He'll reveal things to you. He'll reveal to you himself. He'll reveal to you what you need to know. He'll reveal to you whatever's necessary in order to cause you to be successful at what it is he do. This is also the personal name of God. Yahweh, Jehovah. It is the personal name of God, L-O-R-D in caps. This is the personal name of God. This is good because when he sought God, he sought the Lord. He sought Yahweh. He sought Jehovah. He sought God by his personal name. See, Jehoshaphat was not calling on an impersonal God at this time. One that he don't know. He was calling on a personal God. One that he does know. And see, God wants you to call on him personally from a position of what you know about him. Because he's Jehovah somebody to you. Come on now, because whatever name is attached to the Jehovah tells you what he promises and covenants to do in the middle of your life. That this is what I'm going to do. That you can bet your bottom dollar you'll never hear yourself holler, I did not come through based upon the name that I gave you. That if I told you I was Jehovah Jireh, then I am your provider. And which means that provision is what I just promised you. Provision is what I just covenanted with you. I told you the end from the beginning and what is the end? That provision is what's going to manifest itself to you. So I don't care what you don't have now. You got me and I am Jehovah Jireh. And it's personal to me because this is his personal name. And he called upon God in his personal name. He's calling on a personal God. He's personally calling upon a personal God. He don't need nobody else to do it for him. He said, I'm doing this one myself. I don't need nobody. I didn't assign this to nobody per se. I did it myself. Now, others can come in here with me, but I don't need you to come for me because I'm doing this one myself. See, God is inviting us to do these things ourselves. That it's good to have folk with us, but we don't have to need nobody to do it for us because it's personal. Somebody say it's personal. Praise God. He called upon his personal name. He was personally called upon the personal God personally, which means our calling upon God needs to become personal. Whereas we calling upon him and say, I need you to come to me. I need you to handle me. I need you to answer me. I need you to come deal with me. I'm calling upon you personally. Praise God. And see the personal God likes to get personal. Praise God. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. Hope that you've seen what the word of God says about the increased intimacy that God wants to have with us. I hope even more that you're seeing the importance of doing what it is that needs to be done to have increased intimacy with God like he wants with me and you. Because if you do what needs to be done, then you'll follow the pathways to increase intimacy that God's word lays out for us so that God can get what he wants, that is, increased intimacy with us. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, 
Just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christensen, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio surrounding areas, come on by and check us out. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride if you need a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. I guarantee that you'll be blessed when you do. And to all of our senior saints out there in San Antonio and surrounding areas, I invite all of you to an exciting fellowship that's held at Word of Faith just for you. It's called Age of Grace. Age of Grace is a monthly mature adult fellowship for saints ages 55 through 155 from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas that meets the third Saturday of every month from 9.30 a.m. till around 12 noon where our Silver Saints, our Golden Gang, and our Platinum Pack get together for food, fun, fellowship, periodic, inexpensive outings and day trips, and of course, the Word of God. There's no charge, but a free will offering is always taken. If you need a ride, VIP transportation services available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So, if you've been blessed to reach the age of grace, that's age 55 through 155, and you're up for hanging out with some other saints your age who love God, love the Word of God, and still love having fun and fellowshipping too, then Age of Grace Fellowship at Word of Faith is the perfect fellowship for you. So come on through and bring some other word-loving, fun-loving saints who are in the Age of Grace with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. And if you're 156 years or older, just call me up. I'll get you in. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.